brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. It's an honor to be here with you in sisterhood and motherhood and womanhood. As we continue to flow through this portal of time where there is so much unknown, unrest, destabilization, and also, I believe, the capacity for massive changes. As I record this, it is June 15th. It's hard to believe. We're already into summer. And I'm coming at you from Tennessee, my home state, which feels really poignant and deep to be here right now through this time. If you're able, please close your eyes, taking a moment to connect with your own mind, your own body. If you're with your kids today, this might be your only moment to have some connection, some self-reflection. So just notice where you're feeling open, where you're feeling tight or heavy, either physically or energetically. And taking a couple of long, deep breaths, inhaling through the nose, holding for a few beats at the top, and then exhaling out through the mouth, really just moving some energy, some stagnant breath, some stagnant emotions. We all are feeling so many things, and it's really important to move the energy through the body so that we do not cling on to anxiety, fear, depression, shame, guilt, hate, polarity. And bring your focus with closed eyes to your third eye point on your forehead in between the eyebrows and up a bit. You can even take a finger and give yourself a little third eye massage if that helps to focus you. So the way that we're going to get through so much of this time is by coming home to ourselves truly, from disentangling ourselves from the media, the news, the fake news, the real news, who knows what is what, and coming back to our own intuition, our own love, our connection to spirit, and our connection to know what is truly right or wrong, where we can call ourselves out for our laziness or our bullshit, but also not cower um, in blame, you know, and shame, because that doesn't do anyone any good. So 
as usual, we're holding the paradoxes, right? We're being open to evaluate our systems, our thought patterns, our habits, how we've gotten to where we've gotten to. Is it because or not because of the color of our skin or our socioeconomic standing? And taking some ownership for that and some responsibility and paying it forward in whatever ways that we can. And that's up for each individual. I'm taking a couple of more breaths. And if you have a particular part of your body that needs some special love today, please send that out now on the breath. Imagining a beautiful amber golden light swirling into that area, into that space, releasing the holds and the tensions, the past harm or traumas, allowing it to clear so that you can be free, so that you can show up fully how we need you right now. We'll take one long deep breath to close. In the past couple of weeks, I have personally had quite a bit of death. I've shared that my stepfather died and a few days prior to that, a beloved friend died. Very unexpected. Both were unexpected. And, you know, I've already been sitting with death, as we all have, through this pandemic situation. And death is something that has been in my life for my whole life. And as many of you know, I've done death doula training death midwifery training, and um, it's something that I'm deeply called to. So I've just been sitting with a lot of that. And death of persona, death of what my life used to be, all of that, and really honoring the souls that are leaving during this time. May they all continue on their journey in peace and in power and in beauty and help us from the other side, because we so need that. So I offer you, if it feels comfortable, to call on your ancestors, call on your matriarchal line, call on the power of all of those that came before to help us. You know, I have days right now where it just feels so overwhelming and so daunting, the things we're up against. And then I remember, you know, the world has always been crazy. It's always been hard. Humans are very flawed beings. So the ones that came before have persevered and gotten through many things. So let's call upon their power and their knowledge and connect with the wisdom of the trees and all that is. I am honored to have my friend and colleague, Christina Saletti, on today. She is the director of Community at Ergo Baby. And she oversees the social media and PR content, influencer marketing, marketing events, and et cetera, et cetera. 
She has a lot on her bio, which you can read in the show notes. Um, But really cool is she is a trained baby wear educator and has been working with Dr. Bill Sears. And they are currently editing the baby wearing book, which is really shining a light on the importance of baby wearing and the fourth trimester and secure attachment and all of that. So that's super exciting that that's coming out. And Christina, I've known for years, maybe even a decade or a decade almost. Um, We had quite a few friends in common from different arenas. So there's like an interesting kind of cross section. And I just love her and respect her so much. She's an amazing mother an educator and just a cool, badass woman. And, um, you know, it really brought some reflection on my part during this interview of just the power of single mothers out there. And my parents were divorced when I was 12 and my mother did the lion's share of the work with me, which, um, you know, she gave so much for me and my life and the things that I was interested in doing. And, but I had a father also that was very loving and, you know, showed up the best that he could. But talking with Christina, I just realized that I can do better. I can show up for the single moms in my life in a whole new way. And for those of you in my life, I apologize for not doing better, for not being a better friend. Um, I hold you on my hearts and that's going to be something I will be working with because it's real and it's really big and it takes such strength and bravery to leave relationships when you need to, when you have to. And I just want to bring some respect and honor for all the women that have had to make that really hard choice and have stuck in marriages or relationships that aren't happy or safe for years and years and years for their children. Um, and, and also those who have lost their partners and are doing it alone. Um, but we need to come together in community. And I think a main thing coming through this time portal is we have to come back to community. We have to stop living in our isolated little boxes and being obsessed with our savings and our credit scores. We need to create better community. And especially for those of us living in big cities where um, that tends to fall off. So anyway, I hope you enjoy the listen. She's a true gem. And I'm sending love out to all of you. You can always DM me on Instagram. I am limiting my Instagram time, but I will check my messages. Um, And if you're feeling like you're sliding off the rails, if you're feeling despondent, if you're feeling overcome with anxiety and fear, if you're not sleeping, please get off social media or put yourself on a social media diet. A lot of the stuff I see being flung is noise and it's not helping us. In fact, it's tearing each other down more and more and more. And it's super triggering and it's super depressing. And you know, it's just something to be aware about. I have definitely pulled way back and acknowledge that we've all become addicted to social media. Like, let's just be honest. And whatever you're posting on social media or sharing, that doesn't make you necessarily a better human than someone not sharing or posting. You know, what matters is what you're doing in your real life. And yes, influencers can reach more people 
But, you know, what we've been seeing is kind of the same rhetoric being shared and overshared and then taken back and retreated. And it's it's just a lot of noise. So let's come back to being kind to our brothers and sisters of all standings, of all races, of all colors, and come back to humanity. And, you know, really prove that all Black Lives Matter in your daily life. So with that, I send you big love and keep up and you will be kept up. J-Ma. Hi, everyone. I wanted to share the glasses that I've been wearing that you've been seeing me post on Instagram. The Blue Blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X. They are blue light blocking glasses. So I've been using them whenever I'm on the computer or watching a movie or on my phone, which I'm really working obviously a lot more online right now. So I've been using them on the daily and I have to say, I've really noticed a change in my light sensitivity and my dry eyes and that kind of like headachey feel I get when I'm on a screen too long. And I've been wanting to try these at least a year, if not two years. And I'm finally have a pair and I love them. They're super cute. I'm getting all sorts of compliments, but they have a variety of lenses to choose from. So I recommend going on to their website to check them out further. They have um, four different lenses. They have the sleep lens. It's a red lens that blocks blue and green light after sunset. They have the blue light lens, which I use for artificial light during the day. And it targets the frequencies of light that cause migraines, headaches, and macular degeneration and digital eye strain. I think we all um, can attest to that if we're on our screens for a long time. Then there are the yellow summer glow lens, which are really cool. It's light blocking meets color therapy. And then they have a REM, so it's a remedy sleep mask, which is a 100% light blocking sleep mask proven to increase restorative sleep cycles, REM and deep sleep. They also are a company that gives back. So with each pair of glasses that they sell, a pair is donated to a charity called Restoring Vision, who gives a pair of glasses then to someone that needs them and can't afford it. And that is a really big part of their mission of this company. So I totally stand behind that. They are the leading scientifically proven blue light blocking glasses. So now there are a couple of new companies out there, but Blue Blocks is truly the gold standard. And um, I can just tell if you go on their website and you read about it, you can really tell they've done their deep dive and research and are a total legit leader in this in this subject. Blue Blocks is offering a very generous code for you guys. The mother, the mother listeners get 15% off their order. And you do that by going to blueblocks.com slash MTM. That is B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com slash capital M-T-M. Blueblocks.com slash MTM, which stands for Mother of the Mother. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM me per usual. Again, I've been using these personally. This is something I totally stand behind and use daily. And I just want to share with you so that you can get these benefits as well. Hi, Christina. 
Hi, McLean. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so happy to be here with you. At Ergo Baby Headquarters. I know. DTLA. I know. We're at the Ergo Baby <laughs> HQ at the mothership. I love it. The mother- Literally oh, the mothership. The mothership. And we're in the embrace room. Oh, which that's I love. perfect. I know. We ended up in the right spot. We're right near the lunch, the lunch hour spot. So if you hear people listening, there's people, people laughing, eating, enjoying their lives. Exactly. It's all good. So wow. We have crossed many different paths knowing each other, yeah. which is wild over the past, like, what, 10 years? How old is B now? B turned nine wow. in September, so she'll be 10 this year. Wow. And she was pretty little when we met, I feel like. Yeah. Or was I, I think... pregnant? Did we meet at Golden Branch? We might have. I, I can't remember because Rebecca kept saying to like, oh, you need to meet her. I, like she's pregnant and the right. baby was here and then we met a different unrelated thing. So Right. Because I feel like we have several different Yeah, we do. Paths people. and people. Yeah. It's all like, it's all one now. Right. I just don't even, linear time doesn't really. Well, and we're all connected anyway. <laughs> true. I mean, we it's really so are. So of course we're going to cross paths, even though we live at opposite ends of the city too. And thank you for coming all the way over here. Oh, my God. Yeah, we did a live earlier. It was so much fun. That was so great. Love it. So let's just- Ergo Baby live. I know. Well, and you know I'm like a lifer with Ergo Baby. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Seriously. I I mean, I don't use any other wraps. I never have. Yeah. The the other one just never. I was like, what do I do with this yard, two yards of fabric? I don't understand. So anyway, she still sleeps in the pouch. She still asks for the pouch. I love it. And how old is she now? Almost two and a half. She took a two-hour nap on me hiking in Topanga the other day in the pouch. I mean, it, it's like a lifesaver. I love it. I I love, I mean, that's, I have to say, that's one of the most amazing things about working with Ergo Baby is hearing those stories mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not like someone who makes an iPhone case. It's like, oh, this is a cool iPhone case. It's like moms come up to me and they're like, you changed my life. The Ergo Baby carrier changed my life. And it's true. It is life-changing. hundred percent. hundred percent. Those stories are all so amazing. I know my friend was like, I don't know what I would do without Ergo. You know, I've gone through Europe like every summer yeah. with my kids on my back. Like there's no way we could have done any of that. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the stories we hear every day, mm. every day. We're so lucky. That's so, I mean, all this work is just so meaningful because it actually does matter. Like all the things we're doing really do impact lives. I mean, a hundred percent. It, I, you know, a lot of, somebody asked me recently, they're like, well, why do you, why do you work with Ergo Baby? And I was like, you know, I, a hundred percent believe that if the work we do changes the mind of one mom who maybe wasn't considering baby wearing, my work is done. You know, I mean, I really believe that if more babies are worn and can establish as cure attachment, our society is going to be better. Period. And there's research. There's actually a lot of cool baby wearing research coming out now. And one of the um, studies essentially says that baby wearing increases secure attachment and it increases maternal responsiveness. And that's what you need. That's the basis. That attunement between parent and baby is what is the basis of secure attachment. And, you know, I think so many people equate attachment with attachment parenting, quote unquote, like, oh, I'm not I'm not a crunchy mom. But in fact, attachment is, it affects every single human being on this planet. Yeah. And your attachment style stays with you your entire life. Yeah. Yes, you can change it through a lot of work and a lot of therapy. My therapist says, I am earned secure now. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> but you know, this your attachment style that is it matters. It totally matters, yeah. and it's and it's based on zero to three. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, I really believe that in our society of you know to of individuality and trauma. There's mm-hmm. so much trauma in our society. If just a few more babies are worn, our society is going to improve. Mm-hmm. And that's why I keep doing what I'm doing. I'm like cheering in the background. It's so true. And you know, my therapist said to me <laughs> that, you know, we're meant to be attached. We're meant to be codependent, actually. You know, all these terms that were kind of like a right, shadow side. Yeah, exactly. Right. But it's actually you're a sociopath or psychopath if you're, if you're completely not. unattached, right? right? And exactly. so um, well, it's like any asset that yeah. if the volume is turned up too high, it becomes a defect, right? right? So, yeah. you know, we are meant, we are a codependent species. We mirror yeah. each other. That is what we are meant to do. Yeah. And that's how babies learn. They learn from emulating their mothers mm-hmm. and their fathers and, you know, other caregivers. And, and again, I think a lot of people don't understand too, which I think is so important, is that style affects Everything you do, it affects not only your relationship with your partner or lack thereof, Mm -hmm. but also in work, in, you know, friendships. I mean, I'm not going to go too much into like all the different styles. There are tests out there you can take. There's actually an amazing book called Attached that you can read to find out about how your attachment style affects your relationships. But, you know, it's not just a parenting style. It's something Mm. that really, truly affects every human on this planet. and. You know, I was talking about, I did a presentation about it to um, some folks here at Ergo Baby and someone in the design team was like, oh my God, that was a total revelation to me mm. that what we do will stay with someone the rest of their life. So yeah. it's so pretty, it's pretty really awesome profound. work. You know? Even when you're sharing something, I'm tearing up because oh. even though I know this information, you know, hearing it from other people, right. it lands differently. Oh, so I'm, I'm even having like light bulbs go off about my own attachment right now it's so interesting oh love that and you know oh, zero speaking to seven of crying is a ma- major i'll cry thing. okay i'll cry just, crying just throwing is that here. out there you guys i always cry at work <laughs> it's medicine <laughs> i know i know that's studied too guys crying yeah. is actually really beneficial for us yeah. as women yeah absolutely uh, that's something i have to work on because i'm not a crier but it's good for me to cry as a scorpio yeah or just and also you know not to go into all my stuff but i'm just very like typical um, you know, specific childhood stuff, mm-hmm. like just very uh, carry on, don't right. need to depend on it, not attached, right. really. I well, mean, that's, I mean, if you think about it, that is our, that is the American society. Mm-hmm. It's not just, and obviously it has things to do with your own nature versus nurture, but yeah. just American society values things like not being emotional, not being interrelated, not being quote unquote dependent. But when babies are born, of course they're dependent. I mean, they're born essentially too early. And, you know, you wouldn't expect a baby to like dress themselves. So why would you expect them to walk or why Mm -hmm. would you expect them to sleep on their own? And, and the, you know, the whole catch 22 really is that the more secure attachment they have, the more independent they'll be as they go out in the world. And our society values independence so much that they can't necessarily, in general, we can't necessarily recognize that actually the more we keep them close, the more independent they actually will be. Exactly. So true. And you see that. I mean, I saw that with my own children that I do feel like have very 
healthy attachment stuff, but yeah. they come they come for hugs, then they run off. Then exactly. they come for hugs, they run off. You know, that's that's the model. That's and then when exactly. they think, Oh, I can't run back for a hug right now. Right. Because it's not allowed right. or it's not good. Right. Then they don't they're not refilling to go back out. Right. Right. Um, and that's when you see anxious or avoidant yeah, or exactly. you know, all Shutting of the different down styles. Or, right. Dismissive. Yeah. I mean, there's four main styles, but they're they all kind of com- combine in different ways. But yeah, absolutely. Well, it's beautiful and it's it's really important. And I feel like Ergo Baby really brought this to light. I mean, well, you I know, didn't know about this as much like nine years ago. Yeah, I guess you know, I do. I, I mean, I definitely give attachment parenting the institution or, you know, the organization credit. They they definitely got it. Them and Dr. Sears really kind of, mm-hmm. quote unquote, got it into the mainstream. But in a way, it was also a little bit of a disservice because it kind of became associated with a parenting style. Um, the founder of Ergo Baby, Karen Frost, based her whole, she based the logo, I'm looking at this old logo here. She based the logo that's a Nautilus shell on um, a book she read when she was pregnant and had her son. She was a single mom um, on the continuum concept. And oh, a lot yeah. of that is based on- That's a great book. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so Karen Frost wanted to keep her babies close because of the continuum concept. And there is so much research to back it up. I mean, Darsha Navarez at Notre Dame has an amazing study about, um, you know, the hunter-gatherer societies. And if you look at animals, the, you know, they want to be, you know, like primates want to be on us. Like there are so many biological cues that babies want to be on their caregivers. Um, and Karen really recognized that. And um you know, made it accessible. Yeah. And, and you know, like I said, she was a single mom. She started out of her garage and she really did it because she wanted to have a comfortable way to wear her child and practice those, you know, truly research-based, evidence-based ideas that the more we wear our children, the more securely attached they'll be. Amazing. Yeah. So... How old was B when you started Ergo Baby? So B was two, and um, it's a funny story. So I, before, when I was pregnant or, you know, before I had my child, I was a reality TV producer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I look at that as like storytelling, mm-hmm. um, which is something I've always been interested in. And um, when I was pregnant, I thought, oh, I'm going to go back, go right back to work, you know, get a job right away. Um, and then my daughter was born and all of that shifted. I never thought I was going to bed share. I never thought I was going to nurse past a year and we nursed till five. I never, like so many things. Um, I also decided if, as long as financially, we're financially able, I wanted to stay home. So I stayed home for a year and um, did a lot of freelance work, a lot of freelance writing, a lot of um you know, PR, like writing press releases and stuff like that. I did one last show. I did, um, I did The Biggest Loser when my daughter was about a year old. And wow. then um, doing that show, it became evident that production wasn't going to be aligned with my values. Mm-hmm. I mean, that shift for me from becoming a mom and really my, my values and my identity shifting you know, I still was who I am. I was still Christina, but now this added piece of being a mother really shifted my values. So I was doing more freelance work and I was doing some work with someone in New York 
And he, I had, I was working from home. So I had my daughter. She was, I was wearing her in the front, I remember. Um, and he called me and he's like, hey, I'm pitching this business and I'm coming out to LA because he was in New York. I'm coming out to LA. Um, and I think you'd be perfect for it. It's called Ergo Baby. Have you heard of them? And I was like, look down. I was like, Why, yes, I have. I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> As a matter of fact. <laughs> and I had the, um, you know, this was in 2010. My daughter was born in September 2010. So this is probably 2011. Um, maybe the beginning of 2012 when he came and pitched the business. And so, my, yeah, my daughter's about two. So 2012. And I had the old, um, the old Nautilus logo, uh, brown, oh, yeah, organic. Yep. Ergo mm-hmm. baby, which I still have in my daughter's keepsake box. Mm. Um, and so I went with him and we pitched the business and I started writing. So that was t- uh, 2012, April of 2012. I started doing all of the writing for Ergo Baby. So most of the content like emails, blog. Back then, social media was primarily Facebook and Twitter. So mm. I was doing that. Um, I started the Instagram page when it became, you know. Yeah. More thing. of a thing. <laughs> I think it was like 2013, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, started out as a contractor and then came on as a full-time employee. And that was, you know, 2012. That was almost eight years ago. Wow. I think April, April of 2020, it will have been eight years. And did that feel like, was that challenging going back to work? Or did it feel like kind of a natural progression? Well, since you were passionate about the work? It was definitely challenging. I was at that time, that's one thing I'm so grateful for is that I did most of my work remotely. I was, Mm. I was brought on as a remote employee, even though I was living in Silver Lake and the office was downtown. So I did most of my work remotely, but then, you know, came in the office. So it actually was the perfect transition because I was able to, I'd say that first year when my daughter was still at home, you know, do most of my work at home and still be with her. And then once she started preschool, I'd take more days at the office. Um, So for me, it was kind of the perfect transition, um, being able to kind of gradually add things in. And now that she's in third grade, I'm, you know, at the office most of the time. Um, You know, do you have long work hours or can you get home pretty early or what does that look like? It's a little, it's a little intense. Mm -hmm. I, um, I'm a single mom now, and so I work downtown. My daughter goes to school in Altadena, and I live in Silver Lake. So that's a little crazy driving situation. Um, The blessing of all that driving is all the podcasts I get to listen to, including Mother the Mother. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you. But, um, you know, this with the divorce, and it's definitely been a lot more. Um, that's probably been, to be honest, that's almost been a, a more difficult transition than going back to work. I mean, going back to work, or I wouldn't say more difficult, I would say equally as difficult. I mean, that shift of being just, I don't want to, I take that back. I don't want to say just of being a stay at home mom and then adding the extra second shift of becoming, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's, that's truly what it is, is. Yeah. You know, when you're working outside the home and inside the home, you're essentially doing two jobs. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, so I would say that transition was probably equally as um, challenging as just going back to work right. for the first time. Because you, know? you had more support with the baby. That, that Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I had a partner yeah. who was, you know, 
for all intents and purposes, the stay-at-home parent. So I had the support. I was able to, you know, it still ripped my heart out. Of course. It really, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's such, it's one of those things. Like I remember distinctly the first day I had to drive to work and leave my daughter. And it was, I mean, I, that feeling, you know, I mean, I'm doing somatic experiencing now. So it's like, okay, where do I feel it in my body? (laughs) You know, but that's, it's, I feel it in my throat. It's there. Mm -hmm. It's still there. And that was, you know, eight years ago. Wow. So, you know, I, I definitely honor any mom out there who is working outside the home and, and whether they make the choice or not, there's, you know, we all have choices, but it's definitely, um, for me, you know, financially we had to do it. We live in Los Angeles. Um, but it, it's definitely a, 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 juggling act. I don't want to, I don't want to call it a negative, right. but it's a juggling act and it's something. And part of it, to be totally honest too, is that our society doesn't support it. Our society expects working moms to work just like everybody else. Everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, there's been some amazing studies about that too, actually, that um, working moms are actually more efficient. Yeah. They have, they're more passionate and they do almost, I don't want to say better work, but they do more passionate work because their values are, mm-hmm. they're so ingrained in their values. Yeah. It's an and alignment. Exactly. And you also have to be really mindful of your time. Right. And prioritize. A hundred percent, which is so why they're so much more efficient. That. Yeah. Exactly. We should honor that. Like if you get all your work done in five hours, great. Bye. Right, bye. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, again, like I am always an advocate of let's shift the model rather than try to fit ourselves into it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think officially last year, 52% of the workforce is now working women. Wow. I don't remember what the status was, but it was something that it was like, wow. And on top of that, working moms. So, you know, I feel like that's where the shift needs to happen is in policy and in, you know, the way we work. Because the way we work coming into this office, turning the air conditioner on for the men with their suits on and, you know... That's yeah. not sustainable anymore. No. It's just not. That's the work. That's the workforce in the yeah. '60s, and the way we work hasn't changed since then. Right. But the people who are working has changed Ugh, so much, and that's where the education piece comes right. so much. Right. And you know, men can open up to it. Absolutely. And, I mean, women too. But I'm I'm just like the stereotypical like that '60s paradigm yeah. or '50s paradigm. And, you know, I was on a plane recently with someone and when he heard what I did, he was like, oh, my God, I wish I'd had you. And he was from the South, like mm. kind of good old boy, right. you know, comes out to L.A. for work. Um, and he said he was like, now that I have my own children, I have the deepest respect for the women I work mm-hmm. with because it's not fair. Right. We have like the same expectations and mm-hmm. then they're doing everything at home. Right. And I just... I was like, thank you for saying that. Even yeah, just acknowledging exactly. it. You know, that like you're you're kind of getting a free ride right, here. Right. And to be honest, I have to say, and this is my call out to all the women who don't have children, sometimes that's almost where we need more support. Yeah. Is the women who don't have children yeah. really like recognizing that, you know, because unfortunately, because of the patriarchy, there's so much competition among women. And yeah. it's like, no, we're all in this together. Whether yeah. you choose to have children or not, yeah. we all need to support each other. Such so a good point. not just the men, you know, yeah. sometimes it's women with or without children who are upholding the patriarchy just mm-hmm. as much as the men are. Totally. You know? 
Yeah, so and I that is something I hear a lot, especially with the younger people before they ever think about have having yeah, kids, whether yeah. they do or not. But right. like, there should be the same expectation, and you know, there is that that. Why line. do they get to go right. home at three? And exactly. it's like, yeah, trust me, I'm going home to work. I'm not I know. going home to like I know. kick back or that idea that maternity leaves a vacation. Yeah, that's. I mean, so that's interesting. The hardest, yeah. hardest, hardest time, hardest job. Hardest job is maternity leave. Frankly, some you know that's maybe that's it too. Sometimes coming coming to work is actually easier. Yeah, I have a girlfriend. She said that she's corporate. Yeah, she actually just she's about to have twins. Oh, her wow. second baby is twins. Okay, and okay. so she's now letting go of all of it. But yeah. she was like, "Get me back to the office." That the shit is hard. It's so hard. And it never ends. It's so I want to go back to my job where like people respect me. <laughs> Do what I say. Totally. Um, I get nice lunches. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. But yeah, but it's it's all and, right? Yeah. It's all yes. the different things, but we just have to figure out how to support all of all of, all moms of it. Exactly. So much deeper. And that's and, and women. that's it. The and. It's the yeah. and. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, I know you personally, so there's <laughs> so much awesome stuff that you could share about, but I mean, guide me. Guide one me, of the McLean. things that. I love that you brought up was the shift in priorities, because mm-hmm. I do think that that's something that we don't take really into consideration. Right. Right. We do all the planning. And even now that people are catching on to the postpartum in the first right. 40 days and all that, it's still still honoring that you can always course correct and that right. you are going to be different. So you don't really know how you're going to want to be showing up in the world. Right, right. And you don't know it's that mom shift. You don't when you're pre- when one is pregnant, it's really hard to explain what that shift is and what yeah. happens. And the, you know, it's really, for me, it was a shift in values. Like mm-hmm. it really, you know, I always knew I wanted to be an involved mom or whatever, but really that it's, it's almost like a, a like a light goes on. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was like, I have to change careers. I have to do what I can to incorporate mm-hmm. my daughter into my life. And, or, or even better yet, like create a new life, like rather than just incorporating her and bringing her along for the ride, how do I create a new life that is sustainable for both of us? Because, you know, in order for me to be a great mom, I have to fill my own cup. I can't yeah. pour from an empty cup. No. And for me, looking back, at, you know, I think a lot of, I valued my daughter and being a mom, but I didn't value self-care mm-hmm. and I didn't value I didn't understand how I was abandoning myself, mm-hmm. really, and I wasn't taking care of myself in the ways that were nourishing. And so that, so therefore, you know, and and you know, I, I don't know how to because of the events of the past couple of years. I mean, I went through a divorce that has really caused that shift as well to really say, oh, oh, I need to put my oxygen mask on first. I know that's so cliche, but, and really understand how to do that. You know, it doesn't just mean I'm going to take a bubble bath. Mm -mm. It's, you know, for me, my practice, I get up every morning at 5.15 before my Mm -hmm. daughter. I do prayer and meditation. I do step work. I do yoga. I drink lemon water. I do still drink coffee. I'm so impressed. It, for me... It was triage. It was triage. You know what I mean? And that's, that's again, that was another, oh, shift in values going from, you know, being a a working mom with a partner to a single mom. Like there's another shift in values. Like 
you know, I had a pretty, a pretty dramatic, you know, the way things fell apart enabled me to put them back together and put them back together in the way that more clearly reflected my values, mm. which were taking care of myself and taking care of my daughter. Wow. I don't know if I can Yeah, that. it did. And it's <laughs> such an important piece. It's such an important piece. And then she's going to grow up seeing that. I mean, whenever I have any mom guilt, I'm like, but I'm bringing this self-care right, to the my modeling, kids. The, the modeling. modeling. You know, I remember, I, you know, my step work is, is around Al-Anon and I remember a mom coming to me and picking, she's like, I'm picking you up. We're going to an Al-Anon meeting. This is before the divorce. I was like, oh, but I can't because I work and it's Saturday. Yeah. And, I, and she's like, you are modeling this for your daughter. You are yeah. modeling self-care for your daughter. Totally. And, you know, that's because we are, we co-regulate. You know, that's so much more, um, so much more valuable to her seeing what I'm doing versus me telling her, you know, oh, take care of yourself, B. But meanwhile, I'm not eating well. I'm not, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's not, it doesn't work. No. And your nervous system also reflects like the things we think we're hiding from our children. It's laughable. It's, it's like you look like a haggard mess. You don't look like a fully functioning mom. Okay. So you need to like get some nap or go to the Korean spa or whatever. You know, I, well, and that's, I guess that's the other thing too, is I wasn't able to do things like go to the Korean mm-hmm. spa. So that's why my right. practice became daily. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's, it's almost was out of necessity. And also I think the other key word is practice. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, I Self-care wasn't modeled for me. Yeah. My mom didn't take care of herself. I didn't know how to do it. So for me, piece. it's a practice. I mm. have to practice. And it's, you know, I make progress every day. I'm not ever going to be perfect at my self-care. Mm. And that's where my recovery work is coming in and healing, you know, healing those traumas and healing, healing even just the societal expectations you know, and letting go of those expectations. It's like the higher my expectations, the lower my serenity. The, you know, the higher my serenity goes yeah. when I'm able to let go of expectations, expectations of myself, but also expectations that other people have of me. Totally. You and know? it takes so much energy to do all that. I mean, I'm in a similar thing of really questioning how I'm showing up, why I'm showing up. Yeah. So much of it is programming. Yeah. Um micromanaging, trying to control things I mm-hmm. cannot control. And all those just wreck my nervous system. Right. right. And that's such an important point I want to go back to because anyone that knows me or listens to me knows I'm all about self-care. Yep. I was very clearly modeled this from many <laughs> generations of women. Yeah. Like they did everything all it's the amazing. time. Um, that's not the norm. It's not the norm. Um, And also that can sound so privileged Mm. and so out of grasp for a lot of people. Right. And so also when I speak to it and I've actually gotten lots of comments on Instagram, like um, and I would say it was a loving discussion, but there was definitely heated moments on different posts I've had about self-care because actually the term self-care is getting demonized right now, which kind of makes me sad because I'm like self-care is self-love, but it's also just the lens we're looking at it. It isn't just the spa. It, It isn't jet setting off to blah, 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 blah. No. And we see so much of that because of social media, like hashtag self-care. But it really is, to your point, a daily practice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as an hourly practice. Yeah. Self-care is those three minutes before I show up to an appointment or a client mm-hmm. 
clearing my auric field. Right. What is mine? What is not mine? Leaving the rest. Right. Um, Hydrating. Hydrate. Even something as simple as like, you know, going into a meeting and creating an energetic shield, you know, there are so many micro moments. Exactly. I mean, I think that's what's really important. And we talk Me about too. that a little bit with er- in, in Ergo Baby is kind of micro moments of mindfulness. Yeah. And to your point with self-care and self-love, I think before those two has to be self-acceptance. Yeah. Like that has to come first. Like I accept myself for who I am, flaws and all, yeah. defects, defaults and all. And from that acceptance is then where the love and the care can come in. And you know, recognizing, again, acceptance, recognizing that, oh, I didn't sleep so well last night. I'm only going to spend five minutes on prayer and meditation this mm-hmm. morning. And that's okay, you yeah. know? And that's, I think, you know, talking to your point of privilege is sometimes it really truly is just a minute closing my eyes before I get out of my car. Yeah. Or, you know, taking a minute before I go into a meeting or even before this podcast, we, you know, moment of silence, take yeah. a few deep breaths, you know? It's so amazing how our breath mm-hmm. can completely change things. Everything. You know? And I was doing the live before. That's accessible to everyone. Totally. And, and there's so many accessible things. I was talking to Brandy on the live. Like, it can just be putting oil on your head when you're starting to spin out. Warm oil on your body. You know, just soup instead right. of crackers out of a box for dinner. You know, really putting that worthiness. Yeah. Like, I'm worth cooking a meal for because... Yeah. I mean, it happens to me too. When I've been cooking for clients, I've fed my family. I literally be standing in the kitchen with like the lights off, eating crackers from a box. Right, it's right. like, okay, what's what's misaligned <laughs> yeah, right now? Right, but it's all of it. I no, try to dip those to... crackers in bean dip, though. That's, That's my so new good. thing. Yes, I try to dip them in at least bean dip. <laughs> bean protocol. <laughs> bean protocol. Um, <laughs> That's a whole other that. podcast. Whole other podcast, which we can dive <laughs> we into can another di- yeah, time. All the nutrition, all the self care, all the self care. Yeah. But it is so important. And you know, our mutual friend Jules Blaine Davis. One thing I love that she said. This was years ago. Yeah, and it was almost kind of a. It was just kind of like a throwaway comment, but it stuck with me all these years was uh, she was talking about having dinner with her family and there was pie or, you know, cake or whatever it was. And, you know, we're so used to being, oh, babe, you have it to the kids, whatever we give to the kids. And she was like, yeah, no, this is my piece. Mm. You can have, you've already had some, I'm having my piece. And if there's any leftover, then you can have some. Right. And at first I was like, whoa, that like, of course I want to give my daughter everything she wants, you know? And then I was like, oh my God, that's such a martyr complex. That's such... A programming that right. as mothers, we give everything mm-hmm. to our kids. And she's like, no, my kids need to see. I want sweetness. I right. want cake. I right. want, you know, and it was such a beautiful example. Well, I mean, and I think about that a lot. I love that example. And shout out to Jules. I, I mean, she has been such a, a light for me in these past mm. couple of years. But, um, you know, I remember when my daughter was very young, someone said to me, well, you wouldn't want to be on a ship without any rails. Mm. It's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like boundaries, right? Yeah. It's that idea of like, I, you know, I can control what's in my hula hoop. And yes, I am responsible for this other being, but I also can only control what's in my hula hoop yeah. and helping guide this other being and modeling. Yes, we're going to have one piece of cake. We're both going to have one piece of cake. Yeah. And, you know, that's totally. that's a beautiful way of looking at those boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, because that's that's. Something I've also been learning these past couple of years is 
boundaries, you know, and it's just so crucial. Oh my God. <laughs> Even energetic oh boundaries, God. you know, know, before I go so into situations, crucial. I will literally, I'll imagine white light around me and then gold light mm. and then blue light. Mm. And I'll just, that's, you know, and I'll imagine I am protected energetically. And, you know, even just the the mindset of doing that shifts my perspective. Yeah. You know, before I go into, say, a, a work meeting or, you know, something with with my daughter's other parent, it's that idea that I'm worth protecting. Yeah. You know, it, that shift in, in value and in worth. You know? I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too much, but human design. I got my reading yesterday. And when I you're, haven't done it. <laughs> I got to do it. When you're saying it, it's just, it's so cool because I think, especially the way that you and I both think, um, it's just so cool to kind of see your energetic, emotional, physical setup mm. because it's just like, here's your grid. Mm. It's not positive or negative. Right. It's just what is. Acceptance. It's acceptance. Yeah. And then you learn how to work with that. Right. So like, even when you're saying that, like, I didn't know this, but I'm super undefined, meaning a mm. lot of my centers are open. I've always been an empath. I feel everyone's thoughts. I feel yeah. everyone's feelings. And I do my practices and still people's energy really affects me. Right. Right. And now, and I, you know, I've gotten down to myself, like, why can't I protect now? And just know that's how I'm built. Yeah. So it actually really takes me um, being so much more conscious ahead of time. Right. Who, what, what I'm going into, yeah. who I'm going to surround myself with yeah. saying no a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm uh, doing EMDR and somatic mm -hmm. therapy. And, you know, I, I listened to a podcast with Bessel van der Kock about, you know, he wrote The Body Keeps the Score oh, and how yeah. trauma lodges in our body. And so that's why I started doing that. But my what I'm coming around to is my therapist just recommended, I think it's called like The Empath Survival Guide. Oh, and sounds good. I think Judith Orloff is her name. I can't remember. But I just got it in the down. mail yesterday along Ooh. with my... Chani Nicholas and your taste buds are assholes. Yes. <laughs> um, Mimi Cannons. Yeah, exactly. Um, Empath Survival Empath Guide. Survival Guide. I'll, I'll, I'll send it over to you. But okay. that, I haven't gotten too far into it. But, you know, again, going back to it all comes back to the self-worth yeah. and realizing that I'm worthy of saying no or not taking on that energy or, you know, even today, Tracy McMillan did a, um, did a really great IGTV episode on not taking on a victim mentality mm. and remembering that, you know, things are not done to you. What other people do is their shit. Yeah. And that not taking it on is actually our responsibility. Yeah. You know, it's my responsibility. It's, I don't take responsibility for what was quote unquote done to me, whether it was my family of origin or um, in the divorce, which was not my choice. I don't take, you know, that wasn't my choice. Those things weren't my choice. However, healing from those things and the actions that I take, that's my responsibility, you know, and really not taking on those actions. And, you know, my parents were doing the best they could and yeah. looking at it, you know, my mom was abandoned when she was four by her wow. mom. She never had a mom model. She didn't have wow. a mom. So how would she know right. what a present mom was? Right. So that line of abandonment, you know, kind of as a through line is something that, no, it isn't my fault. It's not my responsibility, but it's my responsibility to heal it and stop the cycle for my daughter. Totally. You know? Do you feel like you've been able to heal some of that wound for her or for your own line of women? You know, it's interesting. I just found out 
not too long wow. ago. That I knew that I knew that my mom's parents had been divorced, which was kind of an anomaly in the you know forties. Right. Um, but I just found out about the abandonment, and I'm like, oh God, it all makes sense now. Wow. Like it just kind of all fell into place, you know, because that abandonment wound for me felt my parents, you know, were together, but that abandonment wound just felt so raw, and that. So that's part of the work that I'm doing up. now, mm -hmm. exactly, is healing that and healing it. Because I do believe if I heal it for myself and for my daughter moving forward, I'm also healing totally. generationally. You know, I'm healing my mother and my grandmother and, you know, yeah. even honoring my grandmother, who was the one who abandoned my mom by naming my daughter after her, Aww. you know? I mean, Aww. I didn't know that at the time. I mean, I knew wow. her was um, Beatrice was, was her name, but wow. I didn't know she had abandoned my mom. But it's like she was doing the best she could. Mm -hmm. She probably had a lot of trauma in her life. Yeah. And as we know, unresolved trauma, you yeah. know, lodges in our body and causes us to do things, you know, or uh, unresolved trauma and attachment wounds. I mean, again, it's so much of those early years, which yeah. is why going back to my work is so important, you know. But yes, of course, I believe we can heal that. But there's so much um, that happens early on, you know. So much. I do love that perspective you were talking about because I know the world in a lot of ways feels really crazy to me right now. Yeah. And it's global. It's also in our community. Mm -hmm. It's all the systems. And it's a very challenging time to mother yeah. because we're having our own big feelings about right. it. And then having to guide these children and not be fear mongering, but right. then also be, you know, honest yeah. about what's happening right. because this is there in this world. Right. And right. I really do think. You know, a lot of these kids, they're so much wiser than we are, you right. know, and they've been around just many lifetimes. Like, we're not superior. Let's just right, say right, that. Right, right, right. So, I mean, it's just, it's a challenging moment. And I do know that when I can really, and it's hard, I'm not great at it, but when I can really look at something that's happening in my day as a lesson. Mm. Yeah. It it does help shift things. Well, it's like Ram Dass said, everyone is just God in drag. Yeah. You know? I love that one. Right. My favorite and, you know, at, at work, everyone is a teacher. Yeah. And, you know, my past couple years it within, you know, we were talking about this earlier. Basically, within the course of nine months, I found out my partner who I'd been with for 13 years was having an affair. She left me. She filed for divorce online. And I found out through a Google alert, not from her. Then my dog died. Then we got evicted. It was an owner move-in, but we got evicted. And then um, my mom died. And all, all, within of, nine months. all within nine months, you know, from May 2018 to March 2019. Wow. And we moved in between all that. You know, my daughter and I moved. And, um, you know, I at the time, I was in such a fog. But I'm realizing now, you know, literally... It was like, you know, it's such a, I don't know if you are into tarot, but it's such a tower moment. Like mm. the foundation was shit, you know, everything right. was, the rug was pulled out from under me. And, you know, what it really has done for me is I had to basically lose everything that I thought was important in my life to see what my values truly were, you know, to really realize what actually was important. And what was important is taking care of myself and taking care of my daughter and and that healing journey. So that's why in a way getting up at 5 a.m. every morning and doing that practice 
it was like triage. It's it's just like brushing my teeth. I had to do it wow. because having that much loss and and again not by choice right. in such a short amount of time, I was so completely untethered. But now I look at it and I'm like, what a gift! Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the tower card. What a gift! Like that illusion that I thought was my family was an illusion. And now I'm able to, through, you know, all the work I'm doing, prayer, meditation, yoga, EMDR, somatic therapy, you know, even things like the bean protocol and actually eating well, taking care of myself, all of those things are giving me an opportunity. And to see like, and have compassion for, you know, my mom died of Alzheimer's, you know, that's the ultimate self-abandonment, right? So, and also recognizing that I abandoned myself. I abandoned myself. And, you know, I can make different choices now and not, I don't want to say end up like my mom, but that's, you know, I do feel like, you know, people say alcoholism is a deadly disease. I think Alanonism is a deadly disease as well because Mm -hmm. it's ultimate self-abandonment. And that's what happened to my mom. She had Alzheimer's and she abandoned herself. And so now I, I used to be so scared of getting Alzheimer's. I read all the things. I was like, okay, I'm not going to eat this. And But now I actually have no fear because I'm totally, I have faith that all of these things that I'm doing are stopping that pattern. And I'm not, that's what it boils down to is I'm taking care of myself and my daughter and I'm not abandoning myself. So it's kind of funny when you talk about fear because yes, it's my default. But after going through all of that, I'm like, I can get through anything. Yeah, I can 100% get through anything. And again, looking at, you know, the gift of desperation. Yeah, it was really, truly the gift of desperation. And, and everyone is a teacher, even those who quote, unquote, harmed me, you know, I mean, that's a little bit to, you know, that whole victim mentality, like, that wasn't done to me. It was done. I can take back. I can recognize it. I was a victim of betrayal. Oh, and I'm going to take my power back and take care of myself and make choices from a much more accepting and loving place. It's amazing. So beautiful. You've been able to rise out like the phoenix rising out of the ashes. I mean, it's so cliche, but it, it, I had no choice, you know? I mean, I was, it was either drive off a bridge or do the work. I mean, that's why I say Al-Ananism is just as deadly. I was at such a low point that it was like, and you know, there was even point times when I was like, oh, my daughter will be better off without me. I'm just going to drive off this bridge. And like, whoa, that's, that's serious. My disease is just as serious as All the other isms, you know, and I believe that they're all kind of, it's all an ism. It's just, what's this, what's your, pick your poison, whether it's alcohol, food, you know, other people, you know, TV, gambling, social media, you know, whatever it is, it's all the same ism. I have the same same. ism as, you know, my alcoholic relatives. I just am not allergic to alcohol. Yeah. So, um, it was, like I said, it was almost like. A necessity. When you look back now, do you think you could have gotten to where you are feeling like more of a whole human 
expression of Christina if you hadn't gotten divorced? Or do you think you you would have just That's stayed in old pattern? such an interesting question. I mean, you know, I think, of course, I don't know, but I do feel like what happened was, you know, God is doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Mm. And something had to give. Yeah. And, you know, while I don't, from a values perspective, I actually don't believe in divorce. I believe that every, I do believe, I mean, I, looking back, it was pretty toxic, but I also believe that I believe, I believe in the positivity of other humans and I believe in the power of redemption. And I believe that, you know, we can make different choices. So had I chosen to get a divorce, you know, would it have been different? I don't know. Or had I had, I don't know. Yeah. It's I know, such it's an interesting, an question, but it's, but, it's, but it's interesting to think about. Yeah. I never really thought about it that way, you yeah. know, but it's also for me, it was a real lesson in, in life on life's terms. Wow. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe the, now that I just thinking through it, I don't think I would have gotten to where I am if it hadn't have been for, you know, Again, it's like that tower moment. Yeah. I had to realize in a dramatic way that the foundation wasn't. Yeah. And there's way deeper healing. Right. There's so much deeper healing that can happen. It's so it's so interesting. And and also the power of reinvention. I feel like as women, we are kind of forced to reinvent ourselves mm -hmm. so much more than men are oh, because yeah. we're the childbearing right. years and we have children. If Then you have the postpartum and then you're going through menopause. I mean, we really go so hard. <laughs> I know. I know. And now I'm getting it's close to menopause. Yeah. I'm getting close. I'm 47. Yeah. So now I'm thinking, you know, my, that's the other thing we didn't even touch on, but just all the hormones and the hormonal shifts mm -hmm. and, you know, things that I, I thought I was pretty aware of when I had my daughter, but whoa, I got gobsmacked with the hormones and the postpartum anxiety. And again, so not having societal support. I mean, I had support. I had amazing friends, but I also, because I was abandoning myself, right. my friends weren't able to help me because I wasn't able to ask for help. Right. You know, which and, is so key. It's oh, so key. Yes. Ask I want for every help. mom to like really own this. And it, it's a journey. I mean, it yeah. continues. Yeah. It continues. I mean, that's another lesson I learned through all of this is, you know, at one point my ex was threatening to take me to court and it got really scary. And I started this little email chain and I would just reach out to my friends and mm -hmm. say, hey, you know, pray for me or, you know, send good thoughts, like send love to her lawyer, please. Mm -hmm. You know, like I would mm -hmm. do those things where I would just like, you know, send love into the universe or, I, you know, I need to get out and go dancing. Can someone please come and take me dancing? And that that was something that I never did before That's it was beautiful. always like you know oh nope i got this i got this you yeah. know i mean my motto was like make it happen and that has completely gone out the window and and a friend of mine who's a yoga teacher and a healer she wrote me back once and she was like thank you for sending me these emails oh. and asking for help because it's modeling and it's just like oh just got chills oh i know i mean that wasn't the that wasn't <sighs> it was so unexpected you know, and having another woman thank me for asking for help to show that it's okay to be vulnerable and ask for help was mm. just like, oh, my God. And that is the medicine. I mean, that's yeah. why we have to hold each other accountable for right. our needs, you know? Right, right. 
and know Ugh. what our needs are. I mean, yeah. that's the other thing. Before, you know, the rug was pulled out from under me, I didn't really know what my needs were. Yeah. I really didn't. I wasn't, you know, in Al-Anon we say awareness, acceptance, action. I wasn't in awareness, yeah. let alone acceptance or action. Right. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't self-aware, so I couldn't accept myself, so I couldn't take care of myself. Mm. So good. Oh, I mean, crying, I like, I crying know. on the podcast. We're both. <laughs> I may not be Oprah, but we're crying. Um, is there anything? Because I mean, I feel like we've covered I know so we, much. I know I mean, we covered feels, so much. It feels pretty complete. But is there anything um, that you would have maybe for any woman or yeah. mom, but yeah. also, you know, real shout out to the single moms out oh, there, because I feel yeah. like it's a deeper thing that I can't connect to you know and yeah you, yeah you no do it. it's you know it, it it's interesting like i you know i listened to your podcast with um kimberly johnson yeah mm-hmm. kimberly johnson magama mag mama, mama. Mm-hmm. um and could relate a lot i mean my situation is definitely different you know b's other parent is in town she has you know weekly visitation but the bulk of the parenting in terms of like getting ready for school, taking her to school, you know, yeah, making sure grind. exactly mm-hmm. that daily grind, you know, is is falls on me. And while I'm grateful that I have that with my daughter, cause I, to be honest, I don't know what I would do having to do like a 50-50 split. Like that's that would rip my heart out. So I'm grateful yeah. for the setup. But it definitely is, you know, some days I have to leave here too to go get my daughter and I tell everyone. And, you know, I also have set it up that I tell my boss and I tell all my colleagues like, hey, on Thursday I leave at three because I'm going to therapy. And, you know, That's it's so the, awesome. I really feel like all of, you know, and even in our work, we're always like, we need to talk about the fourth trimester. We need to talk about yeah. miscarriages. We need to talk about, you know, like with my daughter. She knows she has a donor. She knows how she was conceived. Like, I feel like the more we talk about these things and normalize them, that's where the shifts are going to come. Like, hey, you know, I was joking with it. Someone in our team just started and he's a guy and I'm like, hey, just letting you know, we talk about vaginas and boobs all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So just get used to it. (laughs) We're just vaginas and placentas Mm -hmm. and birth and... But, you know, it's just like the more we talk yeah. about it and the more we normalize it, that it's it's going to shift and it's going to change. And I, I yeah. think those just like micro moments of mindfulness, it's those micro moments. It doesn't have to pay, be a big gesture. Yeah. It's those subtle shifts that as we all kind of get on board, like, totally. you know, oh, she's going to therapy. I wonder how that's, you know, yeah. how is that benefiting? How yeah. could that benefit me? You know, those kinds of things. Like, I think that's so talking about it and reaching out to each other and asking for help, you know, is so, so powerful in, in, and, and it doesn't have to feel huge, you know, again, like it doesn't have to be this grand gesture of going to the Korean spa. Although my adorable friend, Elizabeth took me to the Korean spa for the first time for my birthday last year. It was amazing. It was amazing. (laughs) But it doesn't have to be those grand gestures. You know, it's those little things like just talking about things that, you know, maybe it's uncomfortable. But the more we talk about it, the more it's going to shift and kind of become in our, you know, everyday, everyday lexicon. And also for us 
that aren't single moms Mm. really respecting, like mad respect. I mean, you guys are fucking baller. And really, I mean, it makes me cry because it's it is seen as such a negative, you know, and it's not a negative. And a lot of moms are doing it single because that was the best choice as the healthiest for them and their mental health and their kids. And, you know, I mean, that's something that I I need to be doing. I need to be reaching out to my single moms more. Be like, we're going to the park. We'll take your kid. You go to the spa. Right. You know, right, right, right. No, well, it's the same thing. I heard you and Brandy talking about, you know, instead of doing a, 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 baby shower, do a postpartum. Yeah. It's that yeah. same thing. It's like, you know, I don't need, I don't need a cute candle for my birthday. Like yeah. take me to the Korean spa totally. or, you know, we, I, I have this beautiful situation where we, I live right next door to really good friends and they're, you know, a mom and a dad and two kids and, you know, B will run over there for an hour That's so I can so nice. run to the grocery store by myself. And like those really small, subtle gestures are so, so powerful and yeah. so s- go so much farther than, you know, like yeah. a gift. And it's awareness because I mm-hmm. think most of us would be like, oh, of course I would do that. But we just don't think about it. Right. Because you know, we're all self-involved in our own <laughs> schedules. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I it's get it. It's a busy it. life. Of but course. those things do really matter. So anyway, sure. thank you so much. Oh, I love such you. such a joy. I love you. I love being a part of your life in like, Ergo. I'm going to be like <laughs> up, up, up all week just from this. I mean, that was one thing I wanted to say too. Last thing I will say is with all of this that's happened to me with a rug taken out from under, that, you know, you mentioned Jules, the other, you know, friends we have in common, really just the women that are in my life and supporting me, it's so, it's so amazing. And so I'm so grateful. I mean, I do a gratitude list every morning and like the names Mm. go on and on and on. And it's such, it's so when, when you do reach out and kind of let go of those, uh, I don't know, preconceived notions, you know? So, and you're just such a great example of that for me. So thank you. More to be revealed next time. Yes. Thank you all for joining J Ma. Jay Ma. Jay Ma.